Hey everyone, welcome to the Magic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cohen, and as always, I am joined by the head coach of Magic Gaming, Jonah Edwards, and today we welcome Power Forward slash Center uh, made to the program. Appreciate you guys hopping aboard. Uh, the Magic recorded an impressive victory on Wednesday night, sweeping their rivals from the South, Heat Check Gaming. Uh, Reezy was spectacular, scoring 43 points in Game 1 and 53 in Game 2. Orlando overcame a 10-point third-quarter deficit in Game 1 and outscored Miami by 24 in that second half. Not only did you make all three of your three-point attempts in that contest, May, but you had perhaps the play of the night when you came up with a steal and scored on the other end to push the lead to six with under three minutes left. Uh, back at center, DT had a really good night as well, posting 20 points and 12 rebounds in game one, and then 14 points, 15 rebounds, six assists, and five steals in game two. So Jonah, what's your take of last night's performance? How pleased were you with your team as you start preparing for the turn tournament? Yeah, you know, um, anytime, you know, we're, we're obviously the Orlando Magic still, and anytime you can beat the Miami Heat, I think it's a good night. Um, so obviously that was that was awesome. And, you know, I thought we played great. Um, you know, I think we, we finally saw a little bit of, of the read we, we see in scrimmages every day, and um, he was really getting it going and kind of had every single thing he wanted there. And um, and then you see, you know, when, when we're bought into a lineup, when we, uh, you know, are, are have our heads in it, we're one of the best teams in the league. I still think that. And um, even though we're, you know, obviously, staring at a five and nine record, which is not great, but, um, you know, we're, we're optimistic about our chances moving forward and, and seeing what we can do here with this lineup. Transitioning back to power forward may, was it a relatively easy adjustment for you or did it take a couple quarters to get reacquainted with that position and archetype? Well, this time around, it's a little different because, uh, before I was just typically just guarding the corner, like, um, the majority of power forwards in the league where whereas this time I've been guarding the center like 24-7 so um, I actually like really enjoy it because it makes my role like very clear like I I just you know I try my best to play the best defense I can and then on offense my job is just to like knock down my shots or um, if something's there like take it to the post but so yeah I mean it kind of suits all of our strengths. Um, one of like the main reasons we did it too is also because like DT's um, better offensively than me at center, so it's it does suit a lot of like our strengths also, and um, it does help DT being in the corner when he's seven foot one because he can basically guard two. Like if I step up high, he can he can get the roll pass and play the corner pass. It like there's like a very good sweet spot being seven for one. So um, it definitely worked for us. And you've made some clutch plays all season, whether it be coming up with timely steals or grabbing key rebounds down the stretch of tight games. Uh, that was the case again last night when you had that steal and subsequent breakaway layup late in the fourth quarter. That extended the lead to six, and it seemed to deflate the heat. Uh, did you feel at that moment that you guys had a good grip of the game and would go on the run that you guys did to complete that game one victory? If I'm being completely honest, and we joke about this all the time, I, I do not remember that play 
whatsoever. Like I, we always joke about it because it'll be like one play ago and, and DT will like ask me why I did something a certain way or something. I'll be like, I, I don't remember. So I, I do remember the breakaway lip, but I, I don't remember the steal exactly. So Jonah might be able to talk about it better because I don't remember exactly what happened that play. Yeah, well, there were many tremendous plays down the stretch. It seemed like everybody got involved. I mean, DJ Bama had a big dunk. Reezy just caught fire uh, late in that fourth quarter. He had three straight buckets, including two threes right after your bucket. So, And then Toxic had another huge play where he had a steal and a breakaway dunk. So there were so many plays in that fourth quarter that it's very easy to forget uh, each individual one. Uh, But Jonah, talk about the decision to go back to the lineup we saw earlier in the season with DT at center and May at power forward, as we just alluded to. Uh, Did it go as planned in your eyes? It it seemed like, especially defensively, everyone looked comfortable at their assigned spots. Yeah, I think I think Robbie said it really well. And, you know, the the roles are much more defined with this lineup. Um, You know, obviously May's job is to be the power forward in the pick and roll. He can play really aggressive like, you know, people people know him from the from the retail copy of 2K and and things like that. So um, that that's the biggest part of the change, you know, going into the heat game, you know, if, if. you know, we obviously know that Hotshot's a super, super aggressive offensive center. And, um, you know, we think that can play into our hands a little bit. And, you know, obviously he's going to the rim a lot and he may score, you know, 50% of the time. And it's what I was trying to explain to Robbie last night is, you know, he may score 50% of the time, but we're getting every single defensive rebound on his misses. And, you know, they have no offensive rebound chance or second chance opportunity there. So we're living with him, him having just a 50% chance every single time, essentially. And um, May does an exceptional job one-on-one. And we knew the second he was starting to rip through and go to the rim every time like we just had a good a good read on the game and and kind of knew we had complete control that's where we wanted them and that's where we got them you know we, we kept saying that we much prefer it hot shot driving in the rim than glenn glenn ratty driving to the rim their point guard so um as soon as we started to see that we we just knew we, we had them beat now of course may this is the first season that you're playing alongside reezy but you've known him for a while you were an opponent of his last season when you both were rookies but was that the best Reezy you've seen so far? Uh, he was absolutely unstoppable from the start of the second half in game one all the way through the end of game two. Like I said earlier, he had 43 points in the first game, and he had those three straight shots late in the fourth quarter that really separated you guys from the heat. And then he just exploded in game two right out of the gate, finished with 53 on 22 of 33 shooting. Uh, was that the best performance that you've seen from Reezy so far, May? I would say this season for sure. Like, um, he just controlled the pace perfectly. That's definitely one thing. And then, like, he he just dissected their defense every time they had no answer for him. Like, whether he went to the rim, he'd go to the rim for a few plays, he would score. So then Hotchaw would play back, and then he would – and then Reed would look for his three. And also um, – in that it opened up for DT. So once Reed was hitting threes, like DT slip was there. So they really had no answer. Hotshot, I didn't really know they, they had no answer. Cause like either Reed's midi was there, his layup or a three, like he, they just, they literally couldn't get a stop, especially the game two. I thought the most interesting stat of the night, Jonah, and maybe you'll agree or, or disagree perhaps, but the Heat in that game one had zero turnovers in the first half. By the end of the game, they had 10. You guys had eight steals, many of those coming in that fourth quarter. 
what changed as far as really getting on them defensively after halftime? You guys just were super resilient, but then also extremely tenacious defensively down the stretch. What what changed mentally for you guys toward the late stages of that game? Yeah, you know, Josh, that, that's one thing I did notice at halftime of game one. It's something we talked about. Um, you know, we were down eight and we had five turnovers. One was on the very last play. They didn't even get a shot off. So, uh, But the other four, they had direct points off of. So we're down eight. You know, they have zero turnovers. We have four, essentially. Um, and they have eight points directly off our turnovers. So that was the difference in the game. And I said, you know, we're not going to beat this team without forcing a little turnovers, guys. Like we, you know, obviously we, we had a, a few loose balls. I think that we thought we should have gotten a few tip passes that, you know, we don't catch. They go out of bounds. Um, things like that that happened in the first half. So we we just had a feeling we were going to get loose balls in the second half. So, um, you know, I even remember a play like Reed's calling, like, I'm getting us a steal here, and, like, literally just goes and, you know, it wasn't actually him. I think Toxic ends up gets, getting a steal, but it was off the press. And, you know, obviously the, the Heat are one team that um, they don't force a ton of turnovers. So, you know, obviously they kind of got to us a little bit in that first half. I think four is a little little higher than our mark wanted to be there. But, um, you know, obviously we, we knew once we had we had him in the, in the press, you know, they're passing a hot shot. He's turning it over once or twice like you know that's that's when we just again that's when we knew we had them um we didn't think they had anything extra for us on offense so as soon as we keyed in and, and got those stops and in, in transition and, and sped them up a little bit like it, the, the game was pretty much over so now you start gearing up for the turn which is the second of three nba 2k league in-season tournaments uh there will be an opportunity to grab a portion of two hundred sixty thousand dollars. that's the prize pool in total while it remains to be seen who your first round opponent will be, uh, do you feel, Jonah, with this win over Miami, that you have some momentum to go deep in that tournament and maybe collect some of that prize pool money? Well, sure. Why, why not? Um, you know, I think that, and I was I was mentioning this to you last night, Josh, but you know, uh, we feel like we're one of the teams that is as as prepared as any for the turn. And you know. Um, Robbie's obviously played the four and the five DT's played the two, three, four, five this year. You know, DJ's played in scrimmages, the one, two, three, four, um, you know, toxics played the three and the four for us, you know, a number of positions, right? These guys have flexibility. Reed obviously has played pseudo point guard from shooting guard. I mean, we have a ton of options and, and versatility with our lineup choices. And um, obviously that's going to be super beneficial to turn where you obviously are taking away archetypes from the other team. And, you know, each team obviously can ban away three archetypes over the course of a series. So, um, you know, obviously that that flexibility, I think, is an advantage for us. And, uh, you know, what what do you ban against us? I think we have an answer kind of for everything. And I can tell you that we're going to be, um, in my opinion, as prepared, if not more so prepared. than. Now, to make the playoffs, uh, the Magic will likely need to win the ticket tournament, which will take place after the regular season is over. Uh, basically, the top nine teams in the regular season standings will qualify for the postseason. And then the remaining 14 teams will battle it out in the ticket with the winner joining the playoff field. This is the first time in the three years of the NBA 2K League that this particular tournament will be happening after the regular season is over, which I think was a great change that the league made. Uh, May, if you guys do well in the turn and then finish the regular season strong, and according to what I see, you guys have two regular season games remaining one of them against the Pacers and I'm assuming you'll still play the T-Wolves at some point right now some of their games are being postponed but could you see yourselves having a great chance to win that ticket tournament if you're rolling 
going into it. And again, it's anyone's game at that point. But as Jonah was just talking about, you guys seem to have the composure and the resilience, certainly the makeup as far as your roster to get it done. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially 2K, it's all about momentum. I mean, we've seen it for two years straight with um, the T-Wolves and from season two and the Knicks from season one. They both didn't start off so hot. And then, like, they eventually found a groove in their season and it just carried on to a championship. So, I mean, if we if we do well at the turn and end our regular season well, we're going to be as confident as ever. And, and I would say – especially for the most part this year, we haven't been playing to our potential whatsoever. Um, I actually feel like last night was one of our like best series as an all around team. I thought everyone played like extremely well. I think that was the first series where like I sort of spoke about it earlier, like everyone's roles were pretty defined and um, that's, that's obviously really important in like any sport. So yeah, if we, if we do well in the turn and and then finish off our two last regular season games, I mean, we're going to be as confident as ever. Just going around the league a bit, uh, the Raptors are still undefeated at 12-0, and while Jazz Gaming and Wizards District Gaming are tied for second with 10-2 and records, and Warriors Gaming Squad is right behind at 10-3. and Of those three teams battling for second place, Jonah, who do you think has the best chance of finishing the season with that second best record? Yeah, uh, maybe maybe a homer pick on my end, but I I, I just think the Wizards are are that that next best team up. Um, obviously, Dave Fry is a, a former former player of mine, and um, you know I have a ton of respect for him. So I, I would I would lean the Wizards. I think they're they're pretty pretty complete team overall. So. I know you felt earlier this season, May, that Shifty Kai was your, we'll say, too early to tell rookie of the year pick. Are you sticking with him for that award or are you perhaps changing your mind on that? I know Reg with the Bucks has been gaining some momentum. He's been absolutely sensational, splashy with the Jazz. He's been terrific. Maybe JBM in that conversation and maybe two sleepers as well, Chalk for Brooklyn and then Crush with Sacramento. Uh, still with Shifty Kai May, or are you potentially changing your perspective on that one? Um, I, I I don't know at this point, honestly, because uh, I mean you have JBM and Splashy who have the two best records of rookies, but they also probably have the best. They pro they have a better supporting cast than than Reg and Kai, you could say. So, and then Reg since since the last time we talked has been playing like amazing. So, I mean, it's it's hard to say. And Chalk as well, I think, is in the conversation for sure. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's going to depend on, like, these last few games of the season. Also, I think who makes the playoffs kind of matters because they're all sort of in that, like, mix right now on, like, the, the last, like, probably 8-9 seed, 8-9-10 seed. So, I mean, I, I think it depends on who gets in the playoffs. Out of out of the the eight nine ten, I think I think JBM and Splashy. It's it's hard to make an argument for them just because they have just a really good team around them. Yeah, I can't recall last year there being this many players who are in the running for that particular award. I mean, last year Reezy and BP clearly were the two best rookies, and I don't think anyone argued that, right, Jonah? I mean, at least the second half of the season, it was very clear. 
who the two front runners were for that award. But this year, I mean, you can go in any direction. A lot of it could be based, as May describes, based on team performance or individual numbers. It's really hard to say, but it's like five or six deep right now, right? Yeah, I, I would agree. And, you know, I kind of think May has it pegged perfectly. Like, I think that, um, you know, if, if whoever between Reg, Chalk, uh, Shifty Kai end up making the playoffs, um, I think whichever one of them three kind of pulls through, I think wins the award. And if none of them do, I think it should be JBM who, who probably wins it. I mean, he's, you know, obviously he was the number one pick and that comes with high expectations and maybe he isn't, you know, statistically the best, but uh, he's really successful. And to, to be fair, their team plays a different pace of game than the other teams involved. Gen G, um, you know, obviously plays a really, really fast paced game because of Kai. JBM wants the game slow so that they can win games. It may not be great for his numbers, but you know, they're the top ranked defense in the league and, you know, uh, give up the least field goals attempted a game as well, I think. So they're really good at controlling pace of the game and, and really, really smart. So that shouldn't be a knock on JBM just because his stats maybe aren't as good. I think that, you know, obviously it's just different, different styles of play. We've mentioned some teams near the top of the standings and some that you guys have beaten, including the Kings, Warriors and Bucks, others you were very competitive against, including the Jazz and Wizards. Is that a confidence boost, May, as you go forward here? I mean, you're one of the few teams that has knocked off some of those top four, top five teams in the league. And then, like I said before, even if you didn't win the series, you were extremely competitive against teams like Washington. So to me, at least in my estimation, that would be a major momentum boost in a lot of ways, at least mentally. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of weird. We did, it, We do seem to play better versus like the better uh the higher ranked teams i guess you could say in the in the league um i don't know maybe it's because like for most of us we've all been on like top pro-am teams in the off seasons and we're we're used to playing those guys and like for instance like i when we talked about the warriors like i've played kina a million times in the off season because we're both on like top pro-am teams and um just know each other's tendencies so much. So maybe that has something to do with it. But um, looking at the turn, I'd say it's like a good thing considering we're probably going to be like a lower seed, going to play one of the better teams in the league. And in a weird way, that might be good for us. Absolutely. And should be very exciting to see how it all plays out next week. That is about all the time we have for this edition of the Magic Amy podcast. Once again, next week is the turn tournament. It starts Wednesday, goes all the way until Saturday. Hopefully, you know, the Magic are playing on that Saturday for, for a potential prize money, uh, pool money. So we will see how it all plays out, but it's extremely exciting to uh, check out what's going to be coming ahead. Once again, continue to keep track of everything going on with Magic Gaming on the team's website and all the social media channels and, of course, Twitch and YouTube airing all the games. So we really appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time.